Blessed are the Binary Breakers is back, beloved. Thanks for sticking with me through the hiatus. I got a good amount of work done gathering interviews for this show, doing work on my blog and my website, and posting a couple videos on YouTube, and taking my ordination exams. I passed those exams, which means I only have one more to go in January, and then I can finally get ordained as a pastor. If my presbytery votes yes, that is. And I'm pretty sure I have to, like, get hired at a church somewhere in order to make ordination official. It's really complicated. There's a lot of steps to getting ordained. But I'm so much closer now than I was even just a year ago. So that's exciting. Anyway, enough about me. I want to fill all of you in on the future of this podcast before we hear from our interviewee. I have decided that for the foreseeable future, I will only be posting one episode of Blessed Are the Binary Breakers each month, instead of one every other week. One reason for this change is that producing each episode takes me at least 20 hours, what with the editing and transcribing and all. And that's a lot of time when this isn't my career. I'm not really getting paid um, all that much to be putting on this podcast and most of the support I currently receive, thank you to everyone on Patreon, currently goes to things like paying the guests who come on the show. Um, so it's definitely not enough to cover over 20 hours of work. The second more important reason for only having one episode each month is that at the moment, I just don't have enough people reaching out to me to be on the podcast. For the majority of podcasts, it's the host who can reach out to the guests. But because my goal for this show is to mainly lift up the stories of people who haven't already had any kind of spotlight, who, ha who haven't written anything, who don't have their own podcast, who aren't big community leaders, it's harder for me to reach out to potential interviewees. I don't want to reach out to someone who has never been in any sort of interview and make them feel pressured to be on my show, you know? I've done it to a few of my own friends, which has worked out really well, but I don't want this podcast to only have people I personally know, and it just feels weird to reach out to strangers like that. So my primary method of getting guests, um, of getting guests for this show is to post a call for guests on social media and hope that people who want to share their story will see that call. You, listener, can help in this endeavor by sharing this podcast with people you know. The wider it spreads, the more likely it will be that people who would love to come on the show will, will figure out it exists and reach out to me. And if you are one of those people, someone who is transgender and or non-binary and who wants to share your story about gender and faith, please contact me. Um, you can email me at queerlychristian36 at gmail.com. I would love the chance to talk to you. So yeah, for now, you can expect monthly episodes of this podcast. But there's plenty more that I do during the month that you can check out. I've got my Tumblr blog, where I answer people's questions. I've got my YouTube channel. Um, and now I'm on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at queerlychristian, which is the same 
name you can search on YouTube or Tumblr or Patreon to find me. That's enough housekeeping for now. Stick around after the interview for a little more. Today's episode features Dee Garnica. My conversation with Dee was so enlightening when it comes to what it's like to be transgender in Chile, and when it comes to remembering that these discussions are always intersectional. Dee's story isn't just about being non-binary, or just about growing up Catholic and leaving religion. They also talked about how disability and race factor into their experiences in academia, in the workplace, and in the rest of their daily life. Dee's discussion of life in Chile, including its healthcare system and employment options, is especially pertinent at the moment. Chile is currently in the midst of turmoil and protest. An attempt to raise the bus fare without raising the dismally low minimum wage has led to fare-dodging protests. This past Friday, October 26th, the Chilean government declared a state of emergency and unleashed military forces upon the protesters, but they refused to give up, despite the military violence against them. As I record this on the 27th, over 1.5 million protesters march in Santiago, which is a significant portion of the population. If you want to know more about what's going on in Chile and how you can help, search the hashtag Chile violates human rights on any social media outlet. So let's dive into the conversation and hear about Dee's struggles and hopes for a world where everyone's rights are respected, where everyone is heard. Okay, so my name is Dee. I am from Chile in South America. I am 19 years old, non-binary. I use they them pronouns and he him sometimes when i feel like it or mostly like i use he him on real life because spanish doesn't have a gender neutral gender mm. uh, pronouns mm-hmm. and it's i mean there is one but it's really difficult because it replaces a's and o's with e's and some words already have e's and it right. doesn't work out at all it's a mess yeah. A hot pipe in this. So I gotta make do what would I have. But she here is a no no, please don't. Okay. I wanted to talk with you about because I'm sure that my experience is way different to an experience from people in the North Hemisphere because it's a diff completely different language and in which it's harder for us and non binary people to communicate with uh, with each other because there's so many uh, roadblocks we have yeah. like language or acceptance and all other all that stuff yeah do you want to talk a little about some of those roadblocks oh sure i mean thankfully now surprisingly chile is one of the countries that is more advanced in trans issues like we don't have equal marriage but in the in december 26th uh, we're gonna be able to change our names uh, in the uh, legal register, I think that's the word, uh, without going to a judge or anything. And the only thing we have to pay is the fee for the ID to get made. And we can change our gender and our names. And that's 
so huge because no many countries have that. They have you get a lot of Roblox in other countries, so you gotta pay huge fees about them. But this will be like five dollars, I believe. So it's like yeah, wow. <laughs> so, and I'm so happy because I'm gonna start 2020 a completely new person. Yeah. Are you planning on getting the ID changed or doing other changes? Yeah, change. I'm changing my. <laughs> I am sadly a fab with all the pain that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like. I'm planning on changing. Uh, sadly, we don't have the non-binary option for ID, so I'm just gonna change from female to male because I believe that's like easier for me to get respected some respect around here yeah well we'll see how it goes yeah i think it's definitely i'm also non-binary and it is it's even not to say that like binary trans people also face a lot of issues but being non-binary there's the added issue of a lot of people don't even know what that is um exactly it's like but you gotta pick one side uh-huh are you this or are you that and i'm like no, <laughs> yeah. I am neither. I am both, and I am a blob, a genderless blob. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is. How often are transgender issues sort of talked about in Chile among like ordinary people? Is it a common topic, and is non-binary ever mentioned? It's pretty much a taboo, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it's so hard like i recently dropped out of uni because of of financial issues but first semester it was a struggle mm. to get people i mean this five months after the semester start ended people will still use she her with me no matter many times i said no if you want to use they, then use he, him. Like, mm -hmm. it's not that hard. Just think about them. Do or be called girl and miss and ma'am. And it's so annoying. Yeah. Because you're not being heard. I'm sure it's even worse just because your language is so gendered. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, uh, it's a train wreck, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Have you managed to find anyone who has been respectful of your pronouns? Oh yeah, so I have I've gotten I have talked to people from the in organization for trans people here in Chile. Cool. And and they have been great about it and giving inf information and all that and when I all the people could get and in uni, thankfully, my first credential had my legal name. Mm -hmm. And then in April, I was able to get a new credential with my with my uh, <laughs> with my social name. Uh -huh. It was amazing because, like, I was just carrying that thing around, making me miserable because everything you wear, I needed to show my credential. Mm -hmm. And they were like. It was terrible. 
I really hate it. Yeah, I have, I've had that issue too. And all of undergrad, I had a card that had my legal name on it. Um, and it meant so much in seminary that I could put my chosen name on it. Just not to have to worry about people seeing your legal name isn't so, it's a relief. Yeah. It's indeed a relief. It's like, it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And like, that's literally all we want. We just want some little respect mm-hmm. to be her, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for people to believe we are what we say we are and not be jerks about it. Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Just don't be a jerk, please. Mm-hmm. Literally, we're only asking you not to be a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want, you can say no, but would you want to talk about sort of your family's response to you being non-binary, if they know about it? Uh, uh, denial? Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, I told them in March, and there's still, like, no good response about it. Not good. I'm sorry to hear that. I am back at my parents because of my issue with uni. And, like, I haven't I haven't heard my name out loud in three weeks because they refuse to use it or refuse to use my proper pronouns. And it's like, hell, I guess it's not fair. Just because you don't understand it, it doesn't mean it's not 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 real. Yeah, that is, that really sucks. What do you do to sort of make it through all of that? Thankfully, I have like a. A lot of friends online that help me out and like deal with me and just listen to me when I got a van because sometimes I just want to jail to the world mm-hmm. and it's so good to feel that because it's, it's just being her while someone's me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear you've got some people in your corner and stuff you can do to sort of help. Um, Do you have any sort of like faith background, either um, your own personal faith or does your family have a religious background? Uh, I was raised Catholic. Okay. Same. (laughs) But but I dropped religion around seventh grade because I was bullied when I was in Catholic mm. school, nuns and all that stuff, and nuns never did anything. They would pray for me, and I was uh, suicidal, and they were praying for me, and they, it it didn't work out that way. Yeah. So it was like, so I just kind of gave up on religion, because it doesn't make me feel well. It feels like it was forced on me. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So you were getting bullied and the people who should have been helping you out were just praying for you. Yeah. Well, that's not helpful at all. No. Yeah. When you're like you need you need some actual response. Yeah, yeah. and they were like we will pray for your soul and they made the bullies 
apologized to me, but mm. they didn't mean it. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> that <laughs> that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. I literally just want some little respect for me to have, please. Yeah. So do you still, like, do your parents still have you go to church or whatever? Or are you able, how, like, how... How religious of a country is Chile? Is it sort of hard to get away from religion? Uh, in paper, it's not religious, but in reality, um, is extremely Christian. Like my grandma in January, we had a mass <coughs> to commemorate a great uncle's passing, and I refused to go to the mass because. Uh, I don't like going to mass, it just makes me sad. Mm -hmm. And she was so pissed at me because I refused to go at mass and I was like, you can force me, I am 19 years old, I am an adult. Yeah. You literally can't force me to do that. Yeah. yeah that... And like, a few years ago, I was forced to go to mass and they, they were so mad because I spent the, the whole mass listening to music in my MP4. <laughs> Even though I was wearing like earphones, not headphones. It was like nobody would realize that. And I was like, I didn't want to come. You forced me to come. Yeah. <laughs> deal with that because I have no interest. I respect other, other religions, but I have no interest on listening to a mass. Yeah. Because... Christian mass is all about feeling guilty, and I don't mm. want to feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Just especially, you haven't had a reason to find anything helpful come out of it for you. So why would making you go to mass make you like it? That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like for, That's... forcing you to go isn't gonna magically make you enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, I respect so many religions, but mm -hmm. I truly believe Christianity is a cult and it's wrong the way it's done now because, like, not being, not being too much, you know, being a millennial too much because it's such a deal lately. But, like, people are right where jesus will have wanted is not what people think is christianity mm. now mm -hmm. it's like honey you're doing this so wrong yeah. like conservatives are million are conservatives are billionaires how no it makes no sense you should not have that money because it's not what he wanted you know yeah that's literally what the bible says because I know that because I was in Catholic school since I was in pre-kindergarten and like, I know this. <laughs> you don't need to, you can do whatever you want, but it wouldn't be like that. Yeah, I feel that. I'm with you. It's hard to look at how Christianity is practiced and you just have to wonder like, where are they getting these ideas? <laughs> When, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they reading? Are they reading a new book? <laughs> yeah, because the Jesus in the Bible is poor and <laughs> yeah. walks around making friends with other poor people. <laughs> and yeah. also, he wears no shoes and he's not <laughs> white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, 
like something that really bothers me is how everyone tries to make him white and I'm like mm. he is not white like he was Jewish or Arab like or, or maybe both you know mm -hmm. like yeah no it's so unbelievable yeah and that's so is all the art in Chile of like all the art of Jesus he's still a white person yeah wow yeah uh, Maria, Mary is also white, and like the apostles, I mean, also white. It's like, it's so whitewashed. Yeah, that's how it is in the United States as well. Like, and it just, it feels really weird to look at. Um, yeah, because it's not real. It's not yeah. realistic. And it's what gives these, these mass shooters, these terrorists up there, yes. the idea that they are right. Mm -hmm. Because... Isn't created on their minds since they were a child. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And there's literally no way to fix it. And media doesn't help at all because mm -hmm. they still demonize people of color. I mean, supposedly we Latins are the devil or some whatever. Mm. Yeah. What and is, like, what is the, if you don't mind me asking, I feel like racism is different in different countries. What is it like in Chile? Like, Okay, so for example, mostly, most we have got an influx of migrants from Haiti lately, and also Venezuela, because Venezuela mostly are, are they're starting to be called, not only are starting to be called political refugees, because they are escaping a political mess, so. Yeah, yeah. They are political refugees, and people are so nasty to Colombians and Haitians because they have darker skin. I'm like, honey, we Chileans aren't white. You literally, <laughs> if you research any Chilean history book for children, they say we are mestizos, that we're mixed, um, mixed uh, a mix between Spaniards and. Mapuches, uh, whatever native groups there was here, and the native groups that brought the Spaniards to Chile, there were even more, we're not white. And that's like the most important thing that people don't get because in Chile, white people are in power. Yeah. And most yeah. white people arrived here in the 18, 1800s and because they were brought to develop land on the south. And those are the people that are in power now because you can see for the they have german last names croatian last names because they were all migrants they were brought here mm -hmm. and and they are the ones who are in power now and it's so unfair yeah because they it makes people think that we're white when we're not you look anywhere you find people from the have mapuche ascendants they can have Asian descendants because there was a lot of people from Japan, I believe, here. And it's like, it's so culturally diverse and people are like so close-minded about it because TV, white people, magazines, white people, power, white people, when it's not the reality of the country. Mm -hmm. It's just a bunch of lies. Yeah. Do you see any sort of um, relationship between the racism in your country and homophobia and transphobia? Like, are those sort of 
do they stem from similar um, sources? Racism works like in the way in people interact, but not in the language. Like the way they look at other those or they treated badly or have more issues like I used to work in food service and I have most of my co-workers were migrants then from Venezuela and one from Haiti and she she had been in the country for five years and she still got shortcomings for being black because she still was a black woman had kinky hair and all that and it's like but she's still a human, she's still doing her job. Why do you have to treat them like they're less? It makes no sense. And it's something that doesn't work the same as homophobia and transphobia. Mm -hmm. Because that goes in another realm, just say. Because homophobia is more like using slurs. A lot of slurs. Transphobia is refusing to use the people preferred pronouns or saying, but I knew you as that, so I'm gonna still use that. Or at uni, someone literally told me, but you were born as a woman and I see you as a woman, so I'm gonna to keep treating you as a woman. Like I told the counselor, I was ready to throw hands with her. But she dropped out a few months, uh, one month later, so I didn't have enough time to throw hands at her because, you know, it's a long process when you are filing something for discrimination. It's a very long process. Yeah. So like, it's like, it was a constant struggle living. And something happens everywhere, in every country, in every place. And they think they're right, which is the worst part because yeah they're not mm -hmm. they couldn't be more wrong literally mm -hmm. like the my nazi classmate he he's a huge support of the nri he has a russian <laughs> ascendance and it's like and he he will talk about when he lived in he used to live in texas and he will talk about how he will take his rifle to scare kids away from his land. And I'm oh like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's 20 years old, you know? Yeah. And I'm like... And this is what he's learned is a okay way to be. Yeah. Because he's white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's okay for him. And I'm like... And I will start talking about like... Hey, can you please... And we were, I was telling polyscience political science and he was talking about how black people shouldn't have rights in political science now and i will get so mad one day he literally brought uh, uh the make america great again cap oh and a gosh. bunch of other maids classmates are starting to put it on and they're woohoo trump and i'm like no no and yeah I'm, wow and that's like, scary to think about that all the way in chile there are Trump supporters. Yeah, and you like some of me and my some of my queer classmates didn't feel safe in the classroom with him because we were like, yeah, he's gonna breathe and gun and he's gonna kill us <laughs> because we're queer. <laughs> and you know that's the reality of the world because it's so scary. And even though we we have better laws about gun control here in Chile, like <laughs> it's 
unbelievable the kind of stuff we have here. And also we have like a lot of strikes for everything, something that you don't uh, you don't have over there, like right, yeah. Like everything I'm here about uh, workers and the minimum salary over there. Okay, generally I get so damn mad because it's yeah, generally worse. And oh, it's so gross to be honest from my perspective. Because we have different laws, so we don't have yeah. the same issues like you. Yeah, living in the United States is really annoying a lot of the time, just with all the how hard it is to get a decent job and stuff. Yeah, right now I'm looking for a job. I haven't been able to find anything, but like most places that hire people my age are food services, but mm-hmm. I have back issue pain. And I already worked two months of food service, and my bag, uh, my bag can't anymore. Because like I'm literally saving money to see, to go to a traumatologist to see if I am, to see if uh if I am right and I am indeed disabled. <laughs> so if I am disabled, I can't work food service. <laughs> Right, because yeah. that will already will wreck my already great body, and it's like, yeah, a mess. <laughs> yeah. We have messes all over. I hope that you're able to get to see that doctor and figure it out, because that's I mean that's a problem in the United States too, where people are forced to like stand at work all day, and if you have a disability, like that's just not livable. No, but the difference here is that if you do have a disability you actually get you actually get lesson if you are the thing is that the paperwork to get your disability verified is very long but it works better than what you have because yours doesn't work at all <laughs> yeah that's true like i had a friend who had also like issues like and she will, she have her paperwork saying she was disabled and her office needed to buy her a special share and they took five months to get her the share. Uh, and it was yeah. a chair. And and at least here if you go to the to your work and you say, Hi, I am disabled, they can't they can't fire you for being disabled. They have to comply your things because if they don't you can sue the company. Like, if they take longer to say 15 days to accommodate your needs, bye-bye. You're gone. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> mm. So, so it's easier. And, like, we have, for disabled people, have help in uni or uh, in other stuff. And it's so much help. It's so much help. Something that you don't have because you don't even have yeah. livable <laughs> wages. Oh, it's off. Yeah. And it's, it's so bizarre hearing America, like I grew up, like my parents always saying, and so I just kind of assumed they were correct because you grow up hearing that America is the best country in the world. And then you, (laughs) you hear about other countries and how their people actually have like good health care and good wages and good rights. And you're like, what are we best in? <laughs> no, not much. So, like once I heard that supposedly they were using to compare for a comparison Chile because we have 
We have universal healthcare, but the thing about universal healthcare is that it's a piece of shit here in Chile. <laughs> like I mm, can't okay. tell you in any other words because it really is like my I am asthmatic, so my parents had to change from uh, uh, the public healthcare to private healthcare because the doctors weren't listening to me and they were giving me uh, meds that didn't work with my body because I was already past them. This it. I don't know how to explain it well, but like, and they wouldn't listen. And I was like two years where I was getting worse asthma when I was 12 years old. <laughs> and, it, and I should have been getting better. But I was getting mm-hmm. worse because the meds weren't working and the doctors weren't listening. And my mom was like, you know what? We can keep doing this. And she just went ahead and changed us. Because I am asthmatic, my little sister is asthmatic too. So like, <coughs> we have them health issues. We need people to take care of our health issues. Yeah. So it sounds like it's sort of like that's like in like there's good things and bad things exactly. about how it works. Yeah. But it's still better than whatever the hell you are. <laughs> yeah, whatever's going on here. Yeah, because that's <laughs> terrible. Like, I, do you feel like, I feel like a lot of the ways that um, our societies treat people with disabilities, like you mentioned, like, with your asthma, doctors not believing you when you say what you need. I feel like it's in many ways similar to how people treat transgender yeah, people. Yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not real. <laughs> Yeah, like we say we know what we need for our bodies, we know what's going on in our minds, and everyone else is saying that we're making it up. Like, I have a disabled friend who stood, who is going to med school exactly because of that. Yeah. She's literally going to med school. Like, she's in a lot of pain. She has a lot of pain walking. She can't walk stairs because she has issues on her legs. And she just go up there. And try her best because she says, if I don't do it, more people are going to keep suffering because the doctor won't listen to young people because you can't be disabled when you're that young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's going to try and help change it from the inside. Yeah, and like, and like, medical is hard. And she's, she's already in a lot of pain, so she's even in more pain because she wants to make the Mm -hmm. difference. People don't. Because she wants this to change. That is cool that she's doing that, but it does, it sucks that she has to, you know, that no one else is. Right? Like that, that the system is messed up to begin with. Yeah, like sometimes I am so much pain that I have to be on a wheelchair because I can't walk. And that's reality. Like I collapse in uni once and I was left waiting outside the classroom for the the waiting time of the class because my teacher didn't my professor didn't believe it what I was it was such a pain as I was making it believe. And until they made me wait then I had to get the wheelchair and all that stuff and I was just sitting uh, laying down on practically on the floor just dying practically with no help at all. And like that's 
not right. <laughs> that yeah, that's horrible. What are you doing? People have to be in so much pain, and you don't believe them because of their age. Like, age has nothing to do with disabilities. It's not, and it's also, and, and like, sometimes I can stay up of bed, and my 70-something-year-old grandma will tell me, in my days, we will do their stuff, and with a lot of pain, it will still do it, and I'm like, just because you did it doesn't mean it was okay. <laughs> yes. It's not fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should want future generations to be better off than exactly. we were. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just because we suffer from certain things like ableism and transphobia doesn't mean people down the line should have to suffer from it. Right. Yeah. And apparently, yeah. apparently, like, I'm so unsafe for thinking that stuff and I'm like <laughs> how I yeah. am on the run when I want the world to be a better place <laughs> like it yeah. no sense. yeah what are sort of do you have any like hopes or plans for the future are you sort of just in this like right now since I was telling you I dropped out and I am thinking of going on to biochemistry Changing, changing mayors because, because more disability stuff. I have a deficit attention, <laughs> attention deficit, and like political science is reading, 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 reading. But I couldn't focus. Mm -hmm. Like it was hell. Like I failed one class because it was only reading, and it had a reading. And all the concepts are so similar, they are just become a mush in my brain. And it was it went to the point that, that I went to my oral exam and my my teacher was like, you know what, B uh, I'm gonna give you the way you had in July exam because you don't know anything. Mm. And I was so heartbroken heartbroken yeah. because I have been reading over 120 pages of papers. Oh my gosh. And I still, I didn't understand anything at all. Yeah, yeah that sucks. And I'm like, and like, I prefer to go back to all our science because that's what I did in high school. And I just went to polyscience because at first I wanted to do med school, but my high school grade didn't work out at med school. Like I go in the exams for UD admission I could have had like a, a extremely good score in all three exams, and I still wouldn't make it to med school because of my grades in high school. Ah, uh, yeah. And so my dad was like, "Okay, you are good with relations. This could be good for you." Because I was thinking of doing oh, I forgot the word, uh, working in embassies. That thing. Uh, international relations like a diplomat or something that yeah. that was my plan going into it but like I it was just too hard for me and I knew that I had to admit defeat no matter how much I loved the thing I was studying because it was making me miserable yeah that's that's rough like <clears throat> schools are not built to accommodate people with learning disabilities um, or any kind of disability. Yeah. And it's too bad 
like because just talking to you like you sound so passionate and like you really care about making the world yeah. better like it sounds like I feel like you'd be a pretty cool diplomat like I'm genuinely interested in the stuff and making a world a better place like I am such a diehard feminist <laughs> like you wouldn't believe yeah yeah like they need people like that but because the classroom like the education um stuff like it's not built like it it only lets people who are com- like completely able-bodied and like neurotypical yeah. to yeah succeed. and only that i yeah. also have anxiety so it was not only i was having i was feeling awful because I couldn't read the stuff or understanding. Also, my brain was telling me, oh, no, you suck, you suck, you suck, because that's anxiety. Yeah. So I was like, I can't do that anymore. And I decided to go biochemistry because in high school I did chemistry. That was my thing. And I love chemistry. But because I was feeling so down for not making it to the med school, I completely left science behind. And I'm like, why I didn't know of that in that moment? And I am here two years after I le- after I left high school, back in the same place. <laughs> but I hope that helps out anyone who listens to the podcast to see you don't have to keep studying whatever you first started just because someone told you to. There are options. Yeah, yeah. Like something I know and I am 100% sure is that I am going to do med school. I'm just going to do it when I am older and it's easier to get to med school because I can do it, but the system won't let me. Yeah. Which is another thing because that happens to a lot of disabled people because the standard set testing <laughs> is not good for disabled people or people with issues <laughs> because yeah. it asks for stuff that I literally can't do. It's not because I don't want to, it's because I can't do it because my brain doesn't work as the same mm-hmm. as the others. Like, for example, like one of my plans right now, because I haven't been able to find a job, is I'm gonna start doing video vlogging on YouTube because I feel like some of my life experience will really help out other people. Yeah. And I just gotta keep fighting no matter how bad my anxiety gets. Or my depression and all that stuff. I just gotta keep going because I can't stop. If I stop, then what is the point? Yeah. And and I feel like, like I said, it will really help out people to give them perspective on their lives. Yeah, it like it is hard sometimes, but you just gotta keep going because. Like most of my stuff, I do it out of spite because people don't want me here. So I'm going to be here and be better than they are. Yeah. Just because they didn't want me here. Yeah. Spite can be a really powerful thing. I basically do everything out of spite. Like my parents told me I couldn't (laughs) work and do uni at the same time. But with what I did it. I was miserable because of my back pain, but I did it. Yeah. And I passed my first semester, and I didn't. The the class I failed wasn't a requirement for any classes, so I still killed it. Mm. I was still winning, and like it's a win. Yeah. Yeah. So, sort of steering back towards like gender stuff. (laughs) 
Do you mind um, sharing if are you out in every place? Like, are you out at your work at work and stuff? Or I know you're between no, jobs no, right yeah. now. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. My contract and stuff was all with my legal name, but at work, my team had my social name. They all say D, and if they didn't respect my pronouns, I will like be like, it will be so sad if I talk to human recourses. No, like because mm-hmm. sadly, that's what we gotta do. We gotta treat them. We gotta. We're gonna be threatening people to get basic human respect because we also have a we have also a diversity law here in Chile, and we have to be inclusive. Every company has to be inclusive, and you have to respect the other people. Like it's so important. Like you literally can get you can get fired for not respecting other people, which is awesome because yeah, it's good. Not many, not many countries have that. Yeah, I mean, in the United States... You don't have that. <laughs> we don't... Like, some states have good laws protecting people based on, gen- on like, being trans, but most don't. Like, most states, you can get fired for being trans. Um, it sucks. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that you're able to say, like, hey, I yeah. can tell human resources. And they have to listen. Have to listen. Yeah. They have to respect me because I am a human being and I have the same rights as they do. Yes. Which is great to be honest. Yes. Great. But no, they will respect my name. I mean, I will always start with the issues because I, they will like say that in my, in the roll call for assistant of war, they will say, no, I can't, no, you can't. And they were like fighting between each other, not yeah. even involving me. I was just a bystander uh-huh. and I was like, Oh my god, can you please stop? Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be that big a deal, guys. Yeah, and I am not asking for a lot. I'm just saying, that's my name. You say that name, and we're gonna be all cool, my dude. All cool. Mm-hmm. But like, I am trying to get our job in retail because, sure, it's also very hard work, but in retail, you have chairs. Yeah. And in food service, there are no shares. And I am hoping to find anything because I am going and stay here in the house because I am just here all the time. And like I haven't been able to go through my uni stuff because it causes me anxiety. Mm-hmm. And my parents have been like, so not helping about it. And I'm like, if they if this bothers you so much, go you go through the I don't can look at it because I don't I am not currently seeing my doctor right now because I am so I am also between doctors and therapists. So like I literally can't do it. Yeah. Please. If it yeah. really bothers you, do it yourself because I am not gonna do it until I get the help. And it will be probably on October because all of the doctors are with full capacity right now. So that's it. <laughs> I hope I was very enlightened with all of my knowledge in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I like thank you so much for taking the time to share part of your story. Like I think it will be really cool for listeners to get to um hear especially like most of my listeners are from the United States or Europe, so I think it'll be really cool for them to get to hear someone from Chile. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different life. I mean, first and foremost, 
I am not white. <laughs> I am English is not my first language. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's a completely yeah. different society. Like I am in a I live in a in development country how it's called because it's not a first world country or a third world country. It's a in development. Right. So it's also a, like while for most of your listeners because Europe and United States are first world countries. So for people listening, just you know, you can push all of your people in power to get rights because you deserve them. Yes. Know that if this yes. little country can do it, you can too. So I really enjoy talking to you. <laughs> do you? Yeah, it's been wonderful. Um, I usually wrap up just with um the question of if there's your last words of wisdom or advice for transgender or non-binary people, what would it be? Just keep fighting the fight because our existence is a battle and you can't give up, basically. You can't let people take you down because they will want you. You gotta be stronger. Dee, thank you so much for your wisdom today. And thank you, listeners. I hope that you were as enriched as I was to hear some of Dee's story. If you find this podcast worthwhile, please show your support by rating and reviewing it on iTunes or wherever you find this podcast. And if you are able to, tell your friends about this podcast. If you have the means, I also greatly appreciate any financial support you can offer, which you can do by setting up a monthly donation on Patreon. Find me there by searching for Queerly Christian. Every single dollar helps this podcast and the other work I do continue. Those generous people who offer $12 or more every month get a special shout out on this show. Willow Hovink, Ron Hartzler, Remy Page, Jay Gebner, thank you so much for your incredible generosity. It means the world to me. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, Blessed Are the Binary Breakers will now be coming out with a new episode only once a month. If that alters anyone's patron status, I absolutely understand. But do be sure to check out some of the other content I am able to produce because of my patrons' generosity, especially the most recent YouTube video I published. Just search Queerly Christian on YouTube and you'll find my channel where you can watch my video on the origins of Halloween and how there is some wonderful queer history packed into the holiday. That wraps up everything I wanted to say. I'll talk to you all again next month. In the meantime, go break some binaries and to be a blessing to the world with your life.